Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Lorenzo Neal. Uh, glad to be here today. Ash Wednesday, first day of the Lenten season. For those who observe that season, uh, it is here. No more partying. Mardi Gras is over with. Right, so, But we're glad that it's here. So again, Pastor Lorenzo Neal here. Helen from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation, promoting a knowledge that is engaging and hopefully transforming. We are here to empower you, the listeners of this great show, to knowing, uh, doing, and impacting the world around you. And we're glad that you're here. We're glad that you're joining us on this illuminating journey. And as always, we invite you to continue to join us. You can call. There's several ways you can do it. Call the line. Call the line. I can't talk. Call the line. 347-237-5230. That's the number to get your voice ideas, opinions on the air, and you can always join us in the live chat room that is open and up and running. Get your thoughts in on it there. we got a lot to talk about today. Excuse me. Got a lot to talk about, um, and those are the ways you can join us. Also, uh, like our Facebook page. Facebook page is Zero Network, uh, Pastor, Neil, uh, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, Zero Network. Uh, we're at Twitter, at Prophesy. Uh, send us an email, PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com. So many ways we can get on and Skype. Uh, hey, however way you think you can get in touch with us, we're here. We're grateful to you. You know, I'm excited. The show has been growing by leaps and bounds. We we are adding adding listeners daily. And I want to personally thank you. Last week we hit the 3,000 listener mark for that week. And I just want to say thank you. That says a lot about what you think about the show, the content, and me the host. <laughs> 
So thank you. Keep listening. Keep calling. Keep sharing. Whatever you do, we appreciate all that you do. Let's go to the Lord in prayer before we go further into this show. We want to talk about the Pope's resignation. Talk a little bit about um, Lent and um, sanctification, holiness. Talk a little bit about uh, black atheists, if we can get to that, because I wanted to get to that last week. And here's some some of your thoughts and insights, yeah, however it goes. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for the mercy and grace that allows us to be here today. pray that you forgive us of our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord God, we pray that you would be glorified by the show and that people will be edified and everything would be done, said decently and Lord. To honor and glory in your name, Christ, we pray. Amen. Well, I mean, there's a lot going on and there's so much I want to try to cover. Uh, I, I know I just won't have the time to cover this. You know, this has been a very eventful week. And, I, you know, I just don't know where to start <laughs> when it comes to this week. Yeah, uh, of course, the top news of the week is Pope Benedict the Sixteenth resigning. And um, he is, it will be effective this month, uh, February 28th. So that, that is a very interesting uh, occurrence because he's the first pope to resign. In 600 years, if I understand it correctly. And uh, so we're going to talk about that. But first, uh, before we get any further, I want to, it is the Lenten season. And for those who observe Lent, you know, we've been partying there. Well, I haven't been partying. Uh, I didn't get a chance to go to Mardi Gras. Do no parading this year. Um Largely because I mean I've had a lot, man. I I had sinus, I, I had sinus trouble, and I'm, I'm I'm learning Mississippi weather is like Louisiana weather. You just never know what it's going to be like. I mean, it's cold one day, hot the next day, raining, and it's been raining all weekend. And and I want to con- uh, solicit your prayers for the people in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, the people in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and South Mississippi. Were, where tornado touched down, tornado touched down over the weekend, um, and we here at the Amy Church, we have several churches there in that area, and so pray for those, uh, pray for those who are who lost. No one, as far as I, I have heard, no lives were lost, but you know, damage from any tornado can be from any tragic storm. Not only, not only uh, the storm here in Mississippi, the tornado, but uh, the Winter storm that hit the Northeast and Maryland and Connecticut and that area, uh, you know, they they t- they've been getting hard hit in the east co- on the East Coast, and we solicit your prayers for that also. Uh, um, of course, some of those areas are still recovering from Sarah, Hurricane Sandy or Superstorm, whatever they call it. Uh, there, that storm um, late, late last year. I don't. I can't say if it's sending a message, uh, if it's God sending a message, or if it's just a pattern in nature. But whatever it is, uh, uh, it's it's unusual. It's unusual things is happening. So, but anyway, I I I I was unable to parade or do anything because of health problems. And uh, thank God for for healing. I tell you. Um, but I'm glad to be here. Anyway, so it's I digress. I digress. It's Lenten season, and uh, those of us in uh, the Episcopal tradition, uh, we observe Lent usually, especially today, Ash Wednesday, by going to uh, 
the church and having the minister place a ash a cross of ashes on our forehead signifying that we understand this season is a season of sacrifice 40 days of sacrifice and a lot of people are giving up a lot of things some people are giving up food uh some you know I've heard people giving up things like soda uh uh television you name it folks are giving it up things that they would usually uh cause distraction or usually or what they are what is maybe really dear, dear to them or habitual to them they are putting forth the effort to sacrifice that for the next 40 days uh, i've been on a little consecration so i'm i'm not i've i've kind of gotten out of the giving up thing you know because for me it has been giving up and then picking right back up <laughs> picking it up again after you know once easter has 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 come and gone, you go right back into the routine, and then you have to start over. Uh, I'm using this moment, and I've been for the past couple of years. I've been teaching to use this these these days as moments of reflection and and um, self examination, which I which I believe scriptures teach that we should do uh, on a regular basis, and we shouldn't wait for one day. I mean, one season out of the, out of the year to do so. We should do that daily. Uh, but I use that as a moment of self-reflection and self-examination to to see what I could do to make myself better, to have a deeper, more meaningful connection with the Creator and with my neighbor. Those, that's the that's the that is the, uh, the basis and an undergirding of the commandments and all the law, as we say in the summary of the Decalogue: uh, uh, Love God with everything of. All of you being your total being and love your neighbor in the same uh, in the same manner, you know, as you love yourself with your total being. And if you don't love yourself, this could be a uh, uh, this could be a time for you to get to know yourself and to love yourself and to honor yourself. Um, I don't see Lent as a, a depressing season, and, and it hurts me when uh, the church puts this. You know, uh, we put this before. Uh, yeah, it's a season of denial, but you know, we don't celebrate it like it should be worth it. You know, we we. It's such a dreadful moment for a lot of parishioners. And for me as a pastor, a lot of parishioners come and they get the ash and the demeanor is like, oh, I'm going to get it and I'm going to try and I don't know if I'm going to make it the whole 40 days. And it hurts, it grieves me when I see when I see that. When they come and, you know, they're getting the ashes and the demeanor saying, I'm going to try, but I don't think I'm moving. And instead of being seeing it as a celebratory moment in the year, a moment when you know that you're going to put forth the effort to sacrifice and you know that you can't, but you also know that there's grace and there's mercy. And the words of Paul in Second Corinthians 12 should become more meaningful during the season for me. And I'm going to tell you why, because you're talking about the weaknesses. And when you're dealing with the weaknesses Every last one of us has a weakness that causes distraction, that causes that leads to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, as as, as the author writes in First John two. But those weaknesses uh, should not be, you know, we should be frowned upon. Should, I, I mean, not celebrated either. I, I'm not saying celebrate the weakness, but I'm saying that you should acknowledge the fact that there's a weakness there that you 
on your own, in your own strength, cannot, it's just, you just won't be able to deal with it. And you have the ability of the Father, the Creator, to undergird you in those times of the weakness. He said, therefore, when you are weak, my strength is made perfect. And the word perfect is made whole, uh, means whole. You know, my strength is made complete, made whole in that time of weakness. So I don't see Lent as a a a derogatory. I don't see it as a dreadful moment. I don't see it as uh, a, a tedious. It, it is tedious trying to do it in your own strength, trying to try to give up something forty days that you really like. Uh, it, it is a very tedious that when you're doing it in your own strength. But if you see it in the in the light of the Creator's grace. Uh, and the means of grace that he has given to us to assist us in daily taking up our cross. That's what the scripture says. Uh, deny himself. Let us deny ourselves daily and take up our cross and follow after him. If we do it, I mean, it becomes more of a celebratory act and a great act of worship. Not an act of legalism, as it has become, because, you know, as in most of the Catholic tradition, you know, by Catholic, I mean the Church Universal, uh, Anglican, Anglican traditions, uh, Episcopal traditions, some Methodists, and, of course, the Roman Catholics give up, you know, the meats and eat the fish and they have the day. And, and similar to, you know, I, I wish we had the same type of, the same type of zeal, the same type of appreciation for Lent. As Muslims do for the Ramadan fast, and as as uh, you know, as other traditions, uh, religious faiths have for their moments, their periods of fasting. And I wish we had that same type of reverence and awe and uh, perspective toward Lent. And there are some who do. There are some who do, but there are some who, you know, they would never have that perspective. And it's a sad, but hey. If you are going to celebrate, we want you to celebrate it and 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 know that what you're doing is is um is worth it, and that you can uh, that you can you can do it and allow God to be glorified in it. And that, that's what we want you to see. So I'm going to take a quick break, and we're taking this break, um, we're going to go back and talk about. Pope Benedict, and I tell you, I found uh, I, this is interesting to me here, but I, I don't want to jump ahead of myself. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back from the other side of this break, we will talk uh, Pope Benedict and a couple other things if we can get, have the time to. Be right back after this.
I know everybody's looking to buy something for Valentine's Day. It's a rush. It's tomorrow. And everybody's trying to get that something. Guys are rushing, trying to get something special. Held on line with me, Ms. Tasha Morgan, who is the owner and operator of Glamorosity uh, Fashion Boutique. Tasha, are you there? Yes, I'm here. All right, Tasha, uh, tell a little bit about your story and what you have to offer this Valentine's Day season, holiday. Well, uh, well, today um, we have a special, uh, today, Wednesday and Thursday, for the guys and girls to come out there and get them a Valentine's gift. Um, we have 30% off throughout the store, and on top of that, you get additional 10% off your total transaction, so you're saving 40% on any new arrivals, and we also have things that are already on clearance as well. And that sounds like a great deal. So, fellas, if you're really trying to get something, check them out. Tell them where you are. Give them all the facts that they need to get to you so they can get this great deal and make that lady happy. Okay. Well, we're located at 9656 Burbank Drive, um, Suite D, as in dress, and that's in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, if you can't find it on your GPS, you can give us a call at 225 361 0016, anyone can give you the directions from there. And, again, like we have a special throughout the store, we have sizes all the way from size 2 all up to 3X. So we have junior, Mrs. and plus size. We carry handbags, shoes, and accessories. One more time, tell them the name of the shop. Glamorosity House of Fashion. Thank you, Ms. Morgan. And, guys, do your girls a good favor by going shopping at Glamorosity House of Fashion. Thanks, Ms. Morgan. Looking forward Thank to seeing you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Suits today aren't like suits from yesterday. Part of it is the cut of today's suit. Short jacket, narrow lapel, moderate fit. But part of it is the cut of the man himself. Because today, it's not so much the brand of suit that defines the man, as it is the brand of man who wears it. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee you. When mucus piles up in your chest, the congestion can get in the way of your day. Vacuum the mud, mop the floor, with so few hours in a day, it's not easy keeping a place looking this trippy. You have the magic touch. Maximum Strength Mucinex breaks up the mucus that causes chest congestion. And only Mucinex is a bilayered tablet. One side goes to work fast, the other is long-lasting. Uh-oh. <coughs> what about my Tadolex? Mucinex is fast-acting and provides long-lasting 12-hour relief. 12 hours? Mucinex in, mucus out. that can take you anywhere and do anything. You might say there's no limit to what this amazing device can do. So the question to ask is, why would anyone want to limit the iPhone? We don't. Truly unlimited data for your iPhone. Only from Sprint. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal.
Yeah. All right, welcome back to Zero of the Day. Again, I'm your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Uh, we're talking we're talking about the Pope and his resignation. And, um, I posed the question, how does this, what, what, how can this, uh, how can the black church community learn from this? Uh, and, and if you read, if you've been following, keeping up with it, you, you, Pope Benedict XVI, uh, Cardinal, formerly, uh, I'm not going to get into Cardinal, but let's just leave it as Pope Benedict XVI, elected as, uh, as the Pope in 2005 following the death of Pope John Paul uh, II, and he is largely a conservative uh, Catholic uh, uh, pontiff, and he has made the decision because of failing health uh, and mental fatigue uh, to give up the papacy. The first pope in 600 years to do so. And that says a lot, you know, uh, because most, most popes die. They die. That's how they, <laughs> you know, that's how they stop being a pope. They die. And so the question has come up, uh, uh, what was the underlying factors? What what other variables could have contributed to the Pope's decision? And uh, according to reports, he he you know he surprised everyone. He surprised everyone by making the decision. He came to the decision himself, and he says it wasn't because of wasn't because of the scandals that are becoming you know that plagued the church with you know uh, sexual uh, misconduct on priests and uh, cardinals. Uh, church officials. It, it wasn't because of that, uh, but it says that the he just could not the the, the demands of the papacy uh, would not his his health just would not allow him. And I have to say, I I commend him. I, I really do commend him. It says that he's in tune with the world. He's in. Oh, uh, I don't know what happened. Let's see if we're having some technical difficulties here. I, I don't know. Well, anyway. Oh, well, see. Live radio throws off everything. So we're going to see. Uh, I don't think anything happened. If you, if you hear it, well, disregard. Uh, my apologies in advance. But anyway. As I was saying in the middle <laughs> uh, of my, um, I was in the middle of my dialogue, and I was I was saying, uh, we have difficulty here with the um, phone, and, um, so I I just want to uh, apologize for for that. If you've been listening and you've been seeing it's going in and out. Um, so we'll we'll take care. We apologize. Try better. Live, live radio, especially when you go online, it it is something else. But anyway, I, I was saying before I got booted it off, I, I was I was bringing up the issue of Zachary Timms. And Zachary Timms, if you're familiar with, Zachary Timms died, and almost immediately following his death. 
there was a controversy as to who should replace him. And, of course, it was vying for him was his wife, and there was another. And ultimately, uh, Paula White was elected by the board to be pastor of New Destiny. And, of course, it caused conflict. And that still has has yet to be uh, resolved, fully resolved. But that's the way it works. So I found this clip. I found this clip of uh, a guy who was was saying that the Pope's resignation is a fulfillment of prophecy. And not just any old prophecy, but the gang of prophecy. And... (laughs) By Gangnam, I do mean the dance and the song. So listen to this clip uh, about the Pope resigning as a fulfillment of the Gangnam prophecy. I'm out of town today. Uh, I'm attending my niece's wedding. I just received the very bad news off the Internet in my motel room that uh, Pope Benedict is resigning. This is a tragedy, really. It indicates that the false prophet is about to ascend the throne of Peter. This is a fulfillment of the Gangnam-style prophecy, where the man in yellow is defeated by Sai, who represents the Antichrist. I believe that prophecy comes from Enoch. I'm almost certain the next pope will be the false prophet. His major duty will be to reveal the Antichrist. He will also okay the mark of the beast. Evidently, the Antichrist had to get rid of Pope Benedict before March because, as you know, the mark of the beast is a part of Obamacare and it will be necessary for a pope, and that is a false pope, to okay the mark of the beast. All this is prophesied in the book of Revelation It is prophesied in Gangnam style. It's also prophesied in that video, Stuck. I believe all of these are prophecies from Enoch, and they are coming true, and I will have more on this later. Thank you for watching. All right, now that guy said quite a bit in that. I mean, quite a a bit. Now, I I don't know about you. Uh, I am familiar with uh, uh, the book of Enoch, which is an apocryphal book. Uh, uh, it is not in the uh, New Testament. It is uh, it's it's in the Apocrypha, which is you know it depends on. Uh, anyway, anyway, it it is a it is an eschatological book. It, it talks about the end time, and and they're they're saying that this person who wrote this book or the book of Enoch is is the same person Enoch who was translated. Uh, never died. He didn't die. He went on to heaven. So now I don't know how he tied Psy, the the Korean rapper who you know did the Gangnam video that's so popular. I mean, it went viral last year, and he says that that was actually a prophetic video. The guy in the yellow, you know, doing the strange dances and Psy kind of wiggling, wobbling around him. <laughs> Psy being the Antichrist and the other dude being the beast or whatever. I don't know. I don't want to speak. But 
I'm going to play that one more time, one more time, because he's also talking about Obamacare, and 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 it was just weird. One more time, just. I'm out of town today. Uh, I'm attending my niece's wedding. I just received the very bad news off the internet in my motel room that uh, Pope Benedict is resigning. This is a tragedy, really. It indicates that the false prophet is about to ascend the throne of Peter. This is a fulfillment of the Gangnam-style prophecy where the man in yellow is defeated by Sai, who represents the Antichrist. I believe that prophecy comes from Enoch. I'm almost certain the next pope will be the false prophet. His major duty will be to reveal the Antichrist. He will also okay the mark of the beast. Evidently, the Antichrist had to get rid of Pope Benedict before March because, as you know, the mark of the beast is a part of Obamacare and it will be necessary for a pope, and that is a false pope, to okay the mark of the beast. All this is prophecy. All right, so I, 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 I'm not in any way suggesting that <laughs> Obamacare is part of the mark of the beast or anything to that nature. I, I'm not going to even imply that. All I, the guy has his vision, his his uh, idea works out in prophecy, biblical prophecy. Uh, I don't see it, but hey, he says it's there. But what was interesting, and this was kind of scary. That on the day that Pope Benedict made his announcement to resign, that very evening, around 6 p.m. Uh, Vatican City time, uh, a bolt of lightning struck uh, St. Saint Peter's Basilica. And it was caught on, on camera. Someone uh, someone managed to catch it on camera. So they saw that uh, I mean, they, it, it was... It was a very strange designing and boom, he hits Peter's. Be too much to that, but there there are a lot of people who are who are. And you go through, uh, you go on to YouTube, and there there's a lot of lot of conspiracy theories um, regarding this. You know, so some so far are saying that he is, uh, you know. He's resigning because of Satan, or he had learned too much, and uh, um, that um, I, you just gotta. So there's some quacks out there. There there are some quacks out there, and I am not in any way condoning what they're saying. But it just happened. It was really interesting that on the day that he did resign, there was a you know, lightning hit. So, hey, take it as you would. But I'm going to take another break, and hopefully we have a better, uh, <laughs> better connection going on. Uh, so we'll be right back after this break. money do you need to make each month? That's the first question we'll ask when you decide to start your own home business through IncomeAtHome.com. 
As a success coach, I'm here to guide people like Karen, who needs to earn serious money from home. We were living payday to payday, and with four teenagers at home, we were worried. By the third month, I was banking more than $2,600. After only 18 months, I was consistently earning more than $7,000 a month. Now, it's a six-figure income, and I'm paying cash for college for four kids. We found our way out of rat race. Listen, this isn't selling soap or energy water to your friends. This is a real business bringing potential customers to your computer so you can earn money 24-7. Incomeathome.com is affiliated with a multi-billion dollar company and carries a triple A rating. So how much money do you need to earn each month from home? Visit Incomeathome.com right now for your chance to win $1,000. Hey friends, if you're in the Jackson, Mississippi area, I would like to take the time to invite you to join myself and the New Bethel AME Church family for a wonderful series of home group studies that we are engaging. Studies include topics such as asking God your hardest questions. Other topics will be discovering every man's battle dealing with sexuality and sexual sins for men. So there's so many other things that we're involved in. And I'd like to take the time just to invite you to come out to New Bethel AME Church in 2202 Decatur Street, Jackson, Mississippi, and join us for these and many other wonderful classes and opportunities just to share in God's Word. Um, always welcome to come, and we'd love to have you there. As New Bethel, come on out and share a time of fellowship and study and insight with us. Thank you. You've heard the saying, clothes make the man. It used to be that way with suits. Wear one and you'd start to think like one. Wall Street before Main Street, profit before people. Well, that's changing. I mean, look around. You see a lot more guys wearing suits. They're not thinking like suits. What it comes down to is this. Today, you don't have to be one to wear one. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. Thrilling 1080p HD movie. My beef isn't with you, Lewis. Sensational effects like selected color in HD movie and stills. And amazing photo quality that packs a Nikon punch. Okay, guys. You're a natural. The Nikon D5100, a DSLR so versatile, we shot this whole commercial with it. The Compact D5100. And check out the waterproof, freeze-proof, shock-proof Coolpix AW100. I need you. I feel so alone. But you're not alone. I knew you'd come. Like I could stay away. You know I can't do this without you. You'll never have to. You're always there for me. I'll get you a rental car. Don't use an umbrella. Fall in love with Progressive Claim Service. It's our favorite. Yours and mine. Because we found it together on a walk, 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 love to walk, a long walk, a a walk with you, a walk I smelled squirrels on, but I stayed by your side because I could tell, could feel that you had a bad day and me being bad wouldn't make it any better. But being there was already helping a little anyway. And then we found that wonderful thing waiting there, waiting for you and me. And you smiled. And through it, 
and I decided right when I picked it up, I would never, ever leave it anywhere, ever, because that wonderful bouncy roll-around thing had made you play, and that had made you smile. Put more play in your day. Beneful. Play. It's good for you. Today, again, I'm your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. You want to get in on this good uh, conversation? Dial simply. Dial 347-237-5230. That's the number to call. Get your thoughts in on the air. And uh, email, Pastor Lorenzo Neal uh, at gmail.com. Um, and hit us up. However we are, we are available. And we've been suffering some, some technical difficulties. So, but we're here. We're glad that we're here, and we appreciate you for uh, uh, standing in with us. We 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 so grateful for that. So um, I, I'm going to have a little time. So I'm going to jump into this, uh, and hopefully I, I have more time to develop this. But I had to take me a nice little sip of water there. There is a growing, growing population within a black community of uh, non-religious people, non-religious blacks, people who not only don't go to church, but have uh, no ascription to any type of faith system at all. Uh, they're not necessarily atheists. Uh, some will claim that title, though, uh, but they, um, they don't uh, have any religious affiliation. Uh, and, you know, they they it, it, it's a growing population. It's, it's, they they don't. It's not that they well some just outright don't. So and I want to hear your thoughts on that. You know, it, it doesn't it seem funny uh, when you think of black people. You automatically think of you know the good church folk. Uh, I, I know me. You know I I was brought up in the church. I was raised in the church. Uh, for half my life, and so you know, I, I, I'm kind of biased, uh, and I, I I do I don't consider myself religious, and I know some people take offense to that because, um, you know, their understanding of religious religion is legalistic in a sense, and you know, it involves church, and and I'm transcended the church thing. I'm a pastor. But I am not defined by my role as pastor or my calling as pastor. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not defined by that, and I'm not defined by the institution that which in which I serve as pastor. And I know some of I, I know you know choose to be identified with uh, their institution, especially the black. You know, blacks we identify strongly with the institutions we are affiliated with, I, and all of them. Uh, carry religious overtones. For example, even fraternities, uh, 
Masons, Masonic fraternity, you know, Masonic fraternities, Prince Hall, four letter, um, Eastern Star. Think about your fraternities and sororities, your the uh <laughs> and, and, and I'm not kidding, this is what they call them, the divine nine. You know, the Alphas, the Kappas, Alpha Kappa Alpha, you know, the Divine Nine, Pan Hellenic uh fraternity, the African American fraternities. Um I don't know why they call them the divine nine, but you, you see the, uh, the religious overtones, the spirit, uh, not, not, not spiritual, just the religious overtones. That they have. And think about the church. Uh, the church, you have various societies, and and, uh, <laughs> and I go so far as to say cliques, you know, <laughs> in, in the churches. And those, the, even even those fraternal organizations are strongly uh, pervading through the church experience. Drive a lot of people away from the church, and 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 then you know to have a person who does not identify or chooses not to identify with any type of religion uh, is, is is a growing trend here in, in America, particularly. Now let me show you this. Let me share some. On the uh, you can go to the Pew Forum. Uh, the Pew Forum is, of course, is if you're familiar with it, it is a. Um, Basically, it is a research center, and that's all it does. It conducts research and uh, large research, not just on, uh, not just on the church, but social beliefs, uh, uh, practices, issues, uh, social issues. They uh, politics. You know, they they cover a broad spectrum, broad spectrum of um, the American landscape, and not just American landscape, but. Uh, uh, Across the board, they they conduct surveys and all this, and I've had the opportunity to participate in a Pew survey uh, about eight years ago uh, regarding a uh, survey about African Americans' religion. And so this this survey has been updated, and the last uh, what I'm looking at now is uh, is a religious portrait of African Americans, and this is from uh, 2009, so it's about four years old. Okay, still uh, academically, it's still relevant. You know, it's still re- relevant. Academically, um, um, so here, here, here we have uh, this. We have this um, pew form, and it, it says this. Uh, listen, listen to this now. The landscape survey finds that uh, eight, no, eight in ten huh? Americans. I can't hear a thing. Anything that you're saying. Eight in ten Americans are uh, are 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 very religious, and that religion plays a a strong strong uh, role in their social and political attitude. Now, uh, now listen to this. Here, here's the facts. Uh, landscape survey finds that eight in ten Americans. African Americans were roughly seventy nine percent and again this is two thousand nine say religion is very important in their lives compared with fifty six percent of all u s adults in fact a uh, large majority seventy two percent of African Americans who are unaffiliated with any particular faith say religion plays at least some kind of role okay now it also goes down and it um it it breaks it down by uh by church, by church affiliation. 
that is, you know, Protestant, mainline Protestant, historically uh, black Protestant churches, Catholic, Catholic, Mormon, uh, Jehovah Witness, Jewish. Uh, and, and believe it or not, there there are those of us who are Hindu and Buddhist. And now here's the striking: uh, uh, about two percent are agnostic or unaffiliated. About fifteen percent of uh, the total American population. And here's the thing: twelve percent. Twelve percent of Black Americans are unaffiliated with any religious uh, institution or idea, and that is, that means that they are agnostic, uh, nothing altogether, or nothing in particular, undefined, undefined. Um, now, and I, I did kind of find that a little peculiar at first. Um, because you know, again, they, especially in the South, especially in the South, um, you, you want to you want to believe goes to church, or they're at least CME. Y'all know what a CME is, right? A CME Christian or CME church attender. That means they come on Christians Christmas, Mother Day, and Easter. And I know from from experience that a great deal of them come on Christmas and Easter, um, especially when uh, Christmas was on Sunday last year. So I had you know a nice little crowd. But what I find interesting is that these 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 individuals, uh, blacks, are growing, and um, they're not only growing but they're organized. They're becoming more vocal, uh, and they're they're vocalizing they're vocalizing the the mistreatment of religion in black america and, and if you understand what i mean by mistreatment religion has been the more oppressive agent most oppressive agent in black history and i i say that because and you probably would agree with me i mean uh although a, a, a large amount of the slaves came here from the west coast of africa and their indigenous religion was um, mocked and demoralized uh, and, and made out to be um, satanic, unchristian, and, and they they took on the concept of Christ, uh, this 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 concept of a Eurocentric Christianity, a Eurocentric Christ, and even in doing that, even in doing that, even in doing that. They maintain a connection with their um, with their African heritage, and so we get we get this this amalgam of um, religious traditions in the Black Church, from the shouting to the dancing to the swaying and clapping to the Black preaching style, the hoop, the tune. Uh, that is particular to the black worship experience, and largely in 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 adapting to that, we also learned the concept of oppression because we learned that uh, you know when we adapted this this Eurocentric idea of Christianity, we also brought adapted a sense of oppression by 
saying that we can't, uh, you know, we can't worship a certain way, and uh, we get this. We we bought strongly into our denominations, uh, uh, whatever you may call it. We bought strongly into that, and in doing so, in in doing so, we have we have um, allowed a great deal. Particularly among the the younger the what is called the millennial generation, uh, we've allowed them to to become disenfranchised from the religious institution altogether, and in doing so, they are you know they're saying, well, I don't I don't even want to believe that there's a God. I don't I don't even want to care. I don't I don't want to believe there's a God. I, I don't. Of course, and that may that may not be the case for all, uh, but for a large for a large a large group um uh, they have become agnostic or even atheist because of their experience with the black church within the black church you think about uh some who say the, the wealth of the black preacher and the poverty of the black parishioner is an extreme that reinforces the idea that that the church religion is unjust and unrighteous. And, 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 and from that perspective, I would have to agree with them. It is, in that in that sense, unjust and unrighteous. And it's doing it is unjust and unrighteous in that, in that you know you see a, a more prevent, uh, uh, you see uh, more oppression. Uh, in that, you know, and, and and you have to argue, you have to argue if that's um, if that's if that is the way God intended. And some would argue, yeah, God did intend it. I have a caller on the air. Caller, hello, caller. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right. You know, I gotta apologize. I'm glad that you you we got you on. I know you've been trying to get on, and um, I, I we've been having some major difficulty so and um i want to hear your your thoughts on this uh, uh okay what, um well you mentioned about the uh black parishioner uh is a it's a situation where there's a major um situation with poverty and the black preacher being uh the tv evangelist that has these mega churches correct yeah, that's all that right. Okay, well, I dated a I dated a pastor that um, a long time ago. He was just starting out, and that was not the case. Uh, the parishioners, honestly, um, they were educated people, true enough, and they expected. I agree with you on some things. They expected more of the pastor because he was also an educated person, but. In the whole scheme of things of being uh, looking at why people feel that they should just go ahead and go to church on TV rather than going to church actually on going to an actual church, I can see why you made the statement about why they don't feel good about going to church because people are more concerned about what their appearance is before they even go into the before they go into the church because we're taught as black people we're taught we have to go to dress 
for the, um, dress to be, you know, dress to impress rather than actually go come as you are. Now I go to a church myself that you go come as you are. You can go to you go to church with jeans and t-shirts and stuff like that. And I go to a church where there's more than one one uh, ethnicity in the church. Uh, and it's not a mega church, but it it's pretty much like a mega church, you can say. Uh, we have like all kinds of facilities for children, and we have children. You know, we have. Um, there's one pastor, of course. My pastor is white. Um, but we have all types of re- we have all types of religion there. We have all types of people that have come out of different religions actually go to the church now. But it is definitely Christian. But um, you have every nationality there. So I can understand why most people in the black community would feel that way. Well, well, what what I'm presenting is not it's not so much as an, an identity as far as uh, and you know interracial and um, multicultural church. I'm talking about mm-hmm. blacks who have all together uh, said that they don't believe in God. You know, all together they they forget the church, forget God, forget. Religious belief altogether. That that's what uh, this particular group is uh, of blacks are are is growing. This particular segment of the black population is growing, and it's growing by leaps and bounds. Particularly with the those who are millennials. Mm-hmm. But um, okay, can I say something real quick? And I think, in my personal opinion, about it is the reason why we having so many blacks that's becoming atheists. It's because of the fact that we don't, I mean, as a race, our faith is going low because we see we're going through bad times. We're going through, a, I mean, the uh, economy is bad. We went through two wars. I mean, people are losing faith in God, in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And um, we need to get back to that so we can, can get better. So the society, as we as a race in the the African American society, that's where we're from, um, can get better, and um, in as an economy, everything, so we can get things get to where we need to get where God wants us to be. No, I agree with what she just said too. That's possibly that's that's part of the reason why most people have the problems that they do in the church and everything. You know, people don't feel welcome in the church. They just and, then, and then also you have people that gossip a lot, and people just get to talking. And then some people are like, man, I just don't want to go because every time you go, like, it's somebody talking about sister so-and-so. And, ooh, did you see, just like she said about people go for a show, ooh, did you see what sister so-and-so is wearing? I mean, it shouldn't be all about that. We should go for one reason and one reason only, and that is to worship him in his house. And, um... To piggyback off what she just said too, the pastor at, at the pastor at my my church, they don't come to see the sick in the hospital. They don't go to um, even give, you know, even give sacrament. Now they they send their assistants. I understand that you have time. I understand that you have other things you have to do. But this pastor out now said that pretty much he does not really go and do that. That's the assistant's job. Well, I kind of disagree with that. I think a pastor should know his members. I think so too. 
and that um, a pastor should be the one that goes out and do things. Like if a sick one is sick, it's that pastor duty. Now, if the pastor is unable to do it or is overwhelming for the pastor to do that, then the assistants, the, that's when his assistant, associate ministers, should step in and do what they need to do. Right. Hey guys, I, I, I don't agree with that. I, I appreciate both of your uh both of your comments. We're running out of time and and I, I got I gotta go. Um we're gonna come back and pick this up. Hopefully we'll have a guest who will be able to provide a little bit more insight into that. Um and I noticed that one of you uh uh you have a particular event coming up and I'm gonna give you a little time to talk about that event. Uh if you can tell about the event real quick, uh before we go off air. Okay, we're having a Winter Author Fest in Pine Bluff, Arkansas at the Ramada Inn Plaza, and that's located at number two Convention Center Plaza. It's in Pine Bluff. It's a group of local and surrounding authors who are getting together to sell books and sign them and network. And we plan on having a good time. We have church, we have poetry books, religion books, all types of books will be there. All right. And so even DVDs and movies. All right, cool. That's Arthur Fest uh, in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Wonderful. Well, appreciate that for joining in, guys. Appreciate the call. Uh, we've got to go. We run out of time. Uh, we're going to come back next week.